Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. We are live this morning from Kitchen Notes inside of the Omni Nashville Hotel. If you're attending an event downtown, dine at Kitchen Notes and valet parking is free. Big hour coming up this morning here on Morning Drive. Teron Davenport will stop by at 730. Uh, we'll also get into this Titans-Chargers game on Sunday. And also Kelly Holcomb, we'll hear from him in just a moment. So, so <laughs> Derek is uh, Derek is judging us on our on our fashion abilities yeah. and choices. Um, so, r- real quickly here, and I just wanted to. I think it's a good example of of what a quarterback can be if if un- if he understands the situation, and knows how to be a leader, and and so there has to be a certain when you're a rookie. And, and so Ben uh, Hartsock told me this story. He was a he was playing for the Atlanta Falcons when they drafted Matt Ryan and. He said that he, he – I mean, he said this to me. It was on the air, I believe, so I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds here. But he, he basically said, I have never seen a transition into the NFL better than what Matt Ryan did. He said, it's the best I've ever seen any player ever transition to the NFL. And I said, why, why is that? And he said, because he knew how to play both roles mm-hmm. immediately. He knew how to play the role of rookie, right? Show up carrying the other guy's bags with, like, a bunch of snacks for everybody at camp and, like, know how to do all the rookie stuff, right, to make sure you know your place in the in the team, that you're sort of the bottom rung on the ladder and you got to earn your way up and that you've got to be respectful of people and, and do all the rookie hazing stuff, you know, and have fun with it. But at the same time, in practice and in camp, he, he'd watch – um, and I'm trying to think of who the receiving core would be back in like uh, 2007 was, or eight. Um, like Roddy White. Roddy White, yeah. Like Michael, he, Michael he, Jenkins. He, he would have no problem. White Jenkins and then Harry, Harry Douglas. He would have no problem looking to, like in a in a route where Roddy White. He would he would yell at Roddy White in the middle of a play during practice, mm-hmm. and he'd sp- he'd say, "Roddy, I need you at nine and a half on that out route, not eleven, dude. Uh-huh. I need you at nine and a half, not eleven. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a silly thing for us." Right, like, but to you, Derek, that obviously speaks volumes yeah. because a yard and a half difference in a route is a big deal on where Ryan's going to put the football. But it was a great example of knowing your place and having to be, having to show respect for sort of the system and the veterans, but also having the ability when it called for it to talk to a veteran in a way that that showed I'm demanding excellence here. I'm going I'm going to play up to the best of my abilities. I need you where you're supposed to be. I need you at nine and a half on that bench route, not not 11. And it was just a really interesting story to, to me hearing about a quarterback who can take that and balance them out, right? It's just a really yeah. tough balance to sort of form. Um, and, and you're right because they are in a tough position because they know they are, they are going to be asked to carry the franchise uh, for however many years. But they know also that they got to earn the respect of these veterans that are in this locker room. So they, it's this, it's this back and forth. You gotta, you, you gotta kind of tote uh, with being the leader, but also you know being a rookie. You know, learning the system, learning what your place is on this team. And he's right in regards to you know Matt Ryan. I, I went through with Joe Flacco, and it was the same thing. You know, he had to kind of navigate his way. and what, But what made it easy for him is that he had a bunch of leaders on that team. And he just kind of, you know, let me fall in. I say something if I need to say something. But I'm going to grow into this. And another point was to me, for Joe, even though, and, and I was talking with Corey Curtis yesterday because um, um, I had to go over there. And Corey and I sat down and we, we talked for about 
almost an hour just about the market situation. And, you know, he agreed with me some things, but then some things he didn't agree to. That's cool. I, I get it. He didn't agree with me in regards to the whole quarterback and bringing another quarterback in to compete. And my thing was, it was it's not necessarily to compete with Marcus as a rookie, but it, it shows you as a rookie, you got to earn your spot. You do, I know everybody knows in the organization. It was with Joe. Joe was the same. Everybody knew Joe was the franchise guy. But there were other quarterbacks there that were just a little bit better than him that he had to earn his keep, mm-hmm. that Joe had to earn that spot. Right. And Joe wasn't set to be the starter. Troy Smith ended up getting sick, really sick. And Joe ended up being starting, and obviously he didn't relinquish that starting position until last year. It's because he's elite. He's it's, elite. Yeah. Don't talk about my dude, man. Um, <laughs> he's an elite quarterback. Um, and, but, but Marcus, I just felt that you have another quarterback. It's not to compete with Marcus. It's to make Marcus better. Yeah. It's to Marcus looking behind him, seeing things that he needs to get better at because his order, this other quarterback behind him is doing things Really good because he's a veteran guy. They never had a guy in here that was going to seriously push Marcus, not to compete for a starting job, but push him to be better. There was never a situation. Yeah. Look at all those quarterbacks. Everybody knew, you know, Gabbert wasn't going to start. Who else they had at before Gabbert? Whoever was behind remember. Marcus, there was never really a threat of Marcus being pushed, not until this year. Who, who started the game Against Houston, where the season, after they lost to Jacksonville in sixteen, uh-huh. I didn't cover the team at that point. I, I didn't look. I didn't work. Here, but it was but never really a guy that, not necessarily push Marcus to take his job, but push right. him to make him better. Right. And I think at that position, when you're young, you do need someone behind you that is going to push you, not to take your job because mm-hmm. everybody knows you're the, fran- you're the franchise guy, but to push you to become better. Right. Because ev- at every other position, what did we say? It needs to be competition. Every every day is exactly. a competition. Yeah. Why is it, it that way with the quarterback? We know you are the guy, but when you are a rookie, someone needs to push you to be better. And Marcus never really had that. Yeah, the position is just such a weird thing. I know, it's it's yeah. such a weird thing in sports, like all of sports. There's not a basketball position that's like that. No. Mm. You know, baseball pitcher, starting pitcher can occasionally get like that, right? We're we're. We're on the verge of the Astros going Verlander and Cole in Game Six and Seven. You can right? lean on another guy in the rotation, uh-huh. right? And 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 goal is t- hockey like goal, that with goal the goalie? T- goaltending is pretty. Yeah. Co- I think goaltender is as close as it gets because if a great goaltender can carry you through a postseason uh-huh. run, and all of a sudden you can find yourself in the Stanley Cup Final because a guy has played so great at one position mm-hmm. that it almost doesn't matter as much what the rest of the team is doing. When you have a quarterback that is an elite level guy like Rodgers and mm-hmm. Breeze and Brady and Mahomes, like. Sure, it matters, the system and the support and the defense and all that stuff. Of course it does, just like it does in hockey. But there's just there's a disproportionate amount of value mm-hmm. of play placed on a goaltender who's really hot in the playoffs or a quarterback in the NFL. It's just a weird position. Kelly Holcomb, yesterday he played the position for over a dozen years in the NFL. He was a part of the silly underdog picks with Darren Donick and Chase. Uh, and DMAC asked him yesterday his take on this whole Marcus situation. Let's hear from another quarterback right now, Kelly Holcomb. I knew it was coming. Did y'all y'all know it's coming too? I mean, it, it just looks like Marcus is he, he is he has lost his confidence. I mean, I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, I, you know, he's got he's got a deal now that in the in the National Football League and and Chris will tell you this. I mean, quarterbacks cannot wait for a guy to be open. We have to throw them open. And it seems like Marcus is just waiting for guys to be open, and he's not. He's just unsure of himself. That's just what it looks like to me. 
That is something that really stood out to me yesterday because, you know, in college, guys are four, five, seven yards open in the NFL. I mean, if you're one yard open, Mace, you've said it many times, that's wide open. Do we do we think Ryan Tannehill will be able to throw people open? No. Um, Ryan, and, I, and I've been saying this, that's one of Marcus's faults. I've been saying this when he first came out of college, and I'm saying it now. It's no news to me. It doesn't take, you know, um, um, uh, Kelly to say, well, this is what it is. Well, I've seen that for the longest, and it's no surprise to me, and I'm pretty sure, sure it's not a surprise to those who, that have been watching Marcus carefully. Um, I, I think there is a difference between what I saw against Denver and what I saw in his first, second, and third years. Though, like it's been, he's, a he's slow lost all erosion of his, with him. Like mentally, after he looks like a different year, player. After like, that second year, it's been a slow erosion with Marcus in that game because his body was keeps getting just, destroyed. That that game was just it, it was just a perfect storm in regards to things going wrong for him. Because they didn't just pull him because of that game. They pulled him because of what happened, things that happened last season and then things that happened at the beginning of the season. They just felt they could never put the weight of the offense on Marcus. But to throw somebody open, though, it's multifaceted, right? you got to have the arm strength to do it. you got to have the anticipatory skills to, you know, in, to vi- the, the vision of, okay, yeah, he's covered. I'm going to fit it in this tight window. Because I think Kelly said it yesterday on the phone. Mm-hmm. The windows in the NFL are much smaller. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's watching it's, the play evolve and knowing where all the pieces are going to eventually be, not where they are right now. Yeah, right. It's, exactly. it's where, like, okay, you, you have a safety who's clearly dropping. You have to know not where the safety is now, but where the safety is going to be when you throw the ball. Right. Like, here's the corner and the so like like and Derek, you could speak to this if you're if you're if you're on the hip, right? A receiver's got a DB on the hip and it's an outbreaking route. You have to know that the receiver's in the right position to, to create one yard of separation, so you throw it there. But if the, but if the DB's on the other side of him, well, he can't run an out route to the left. Like you, it's, all of, it, it's so subtle seeing the play evolve and, and morph as it happens. It's, listen, I don't envy quarterbacks. It's one of the toughest things to do in the world. There was a, there was a play um, in that game where he chose to throw it to Derrick Henry, and he threw a wild pass. And I think because he wasn't set in his base – and he was undecided on where he really wanted to go. And it was like, oh, Derrick Henry, let me throw it. And he ended up throwing a really bad pass. But what he didn't trust, I don't know if he didn't I don't know if he didn't see it. I'm gonna say he didn't trust. He didn't trust that the over route that Delaney Walker was running, the defense that he saw, and which tells me he probably didn't read the defense right. If he throws it to a spot, Delaney Walker runs and get it. A lot of these a lot of the passing game are they're, they're spot throws. I'm going to throw it to a spot. It's timing, rhythm. I'm going to throw it to a spot, get there. Why do you think Peyton Manning, toward the end of his career, was so good? His arm strength is, wasn't great, but he was. He his game was based on anticipation. Why do you think Tom Brady is so great right now? Why do you think Drew Brees is so great? It has nothing to do with their arm strength. It has everything to do with anticipation. I know where you're going to be. I'm going to throw it to a spot. You get to that spot. It's on you. Offensive coordinators has, they have always told me, listen, it's up to you to get to that spot that the quarterback is throwing it to, especially when we have a timing, rhythm yeah. type of offense. If it's, a, if, if, if it's called for a 12-yard out, you need to get your butt to 12 yards and break out because Joe, Mac, they're going to throw it to a spot, and they expect you to get there. So get there. Just throw it to that spot. Trust that they're going to get there. And I don't know if Marcus trust. It has nothing to do with his arm strength because 
Well, he Drew, doesn't have the greatest of arm strength, but he's is he's good enough to throw Drew, it in certain spots. Drew Brees' arm's not the same. Yeah, it, so it's, it's got a little more arc to it today than it did about. They four throw years it ago. to spots, and Marcus hasn't. He's got. He hasn't gotten to that point. Oh, he slowly eroded to the point where he doesn't trust what he sees, and he doesn't trust his receivers that they're going to go out and they're going to get to that spot. There's only one guy he probably truly trusts, and that's Delaney Walker. And even now, he's become hesitant with Delaney Walker. Um, so. I mean, I think Ryan Tannehill, because he doesn't have the baggage of all that stuff, Ryan Tannehill is going to come in, and Ryan is going to he's he has the ability to throw it to spots. He can anticipate it, throw it to spots. Now, is he going to come out and throw for five touchdowns? I don't know, but he gives them a better opportunity. He gives the receivers a better opportunity to catch footballs. The NFL fans don't miss Nashville's best NFL pregame shows. Start your morning off with the kickoff from 10 to 12.30, followed by the NFL pregame show featuring Jared Stillman, Floyd Reese, and Chris Sanders, live from George Jones, downtown 2nd Avenue, this Sunday from 12.30 to 2.30. It's all brought to you by Wholesale Link, powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Teron Davenport at 7.30. We'll come back and start looking ahead to the Titans and Chargers on Sunday. Back after this on Morning Drive. Yes, indeed. Morning Drive live this morning. We're at Kitchen Notes inside of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Teron Davenport will join us coming up in just about 12 minutes as we get ready for Titans Chargers. Style and grace, does that make Derek style and me grace? I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. Derek's actually rocking a, a different winter hat today. It is, yeah. But it's not really serving a purpose. It's not really it on your head. It just sits on my head. It's just, it, my, kinda, it barely does. Yeah, my kids bought me this hat two, three years ago for Christmas. But it looks like you've got like a Rasta underneath yeah, there. Yeah, they said, Dad, this is how you got to wear it. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. It's a fashion thing. Yeah, I don't have any hair. Whatever. I don't have any dreadlocks or anything, so. Whatever. And I can't. Well, lie. I've always said that if I was a brother, I would oh. have dreads. Would you? Yeah, I I love the look. I'm a, my son, my son. <laughs> like if I played in the league, uh-huh. they would be hanging out the back of my helmet. <laughs> would you do multi? Could you do different colors? Yes. Like like some white ones and some red ones yep. and some blue ones. Yeah, exactly. What, whatever team he plays on, yeah. you know Have that color. Yeah. Well, you son, know how Derek green Henry, and gold for the Packers. Uh-huh. Derrick Henry has it all like wrapped in like a bun. What is yeah. that? Is that a beehive thing? I think it's during. It's only during games, and it's so that you like. I would. Assume so that it keeps it from, you know, because you can grab them legally. Oh, yeah. Legally in the NFL, you can tackle somebody by grabbing their hair. Yeah, whether it's Trevor Lawrence's mm-hmm. golden flowing locks or uh-huh. or dreadlocks, you can grab them. Um, I think legally. Um, I wonder if that helps. It's him. a part of the jersey. I, I wonder it's if it's part helps. of uniform. Yeah, I wonder if, if if Henry has decided that that's why. Like that—that that gives him the best chance to either avoid that or. I put a lot of oil on it, so if somebody does grab it, it looks like it's like, not a gloves all oily, and when they try to tackle me, it just slips it off. It looks like something you could just grab and pull, yeah, I know. pull them down. Like it, it's like it's like a handle. I got a Derrick Henry handle. Yank him down. My son always wanted when he was little. He wanted dreadlocks. Well, he could because he liked Lil Wayne. Well, I wanted braids because uh, so I wanted to be Allen Iverson, so I wanted braids. So you wanted did like you, the old school cornrows? Did, did yes. you have braids when you were a kid? Uh, I tried to grow a fro for a little bit. It uh, didn't oh, go yeah? too well. So I have is to, there uh, any photographic evidence of this? Yes, there is. I'll have to oh go my look God. for it. See if you can find that, yeah, dude. We need to see a mini-month. We need to see that. 
<laughs> a mini Munson fro. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I do want to see the fro. Uh, I don't know how many people actually want to see Titans Chargers on Sunday. We'll see on Sunday because I, I think we're going to have probably 30,000 empty seats. Although, oh, does that? let me ask you this. Does your interest level in this game change now that there's a different quarterback? Yes, it does. Sure, yeah. Um, because it's a new shiny toy, and everybody wants to see how – or it's a new car crash. Yeah, uh, I think it's more of like a hand-me-down. Yes, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think it's like the older brother's it's the toy. New, that... It's the new thing on the block, you know, the, yeah. the new person on the block, and everybody wants to see what the new person on the block has. Um, and you know, it's it's. I don't know if if you are a true fan of this franchise, um, I think you gotta you gotta go in hoping that Tannehill. Uh, goes in and does does a really good job. If you love the franchise, if you are a true fan of the franchise, um, you got to take your fandom for and the love for Marcus out of it. You just want to see the organization do well. And I think there are a bunch of people that just want to see the organization do you know go out and do well. Give you, and give you a prediction. I would, I would hope those are called fans. You're gonna see the opening drive. I'm going on the record uh-huh. right now. So Marquise, uh-huh. mark the tape. Seven twenty three a.m. I know we don't use tape and radio anymore, but mark the tape anyway. <laughs> Tannehill will have an opening drive where he'll go seven eight yards, seventy two yards, touchdown. Twitter's going to explode, <laughs> and oh, then the reality's going to set in. The energy's going to wear off. And he's going to get sacked five times. He, I can see him being sacked three, five three, times. Three yeah. He's going to have a glimpse. We're all going to be like, oh, my God, there's the energy. There's that spark we needed. And then reality is going to kick think, in and then look off. I think, he's going to pl- I think he's going to play well throughout the whole game. Now, whether they win or not, I don't know. Uh, I think he's going to play well. Um, I think he's not going to get sacked no more than three times in this game. I think Arthur that's, Smith. That's what we I know. consider good now. I, I know, and that's what we consider good. But oh, it'll be less get, than four yeah, sacks, guys. He's not going to get sacked no more than three times. I think Arthur oh, Smith. God. It's it's incumbent on Arthur Smith to protect him at all costs now. And I mean, Max protects straight across the board. Isn't that what they were doing with Marcus? Yeah, but now with they, two tight end heavy packages and couldn't block a freaking bumblebee. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's when you switch the quarterback. I think everybody's level of play elevate because they understand that okay it start with the quarterback now if this thing doesn't go well they're going to start looking at other positions to move guys and if you haven't shown after the quarterbacks been benched if you hadn't shown that you're holding your end of the bargain you will be the next guy benched so i think everybody's play will elevate this game now will it last past this game i don't know yeah. but i think this game you will see the offense move a little bit more Fluently, I think they will score over 21 points. Now, whether they win again, I don't know. But I think they score more than 21 points this game. It'll be interesting to see. I think, Nick, you're kind of – like, if I had to project what will happen, I have a feeling, you know, again, like he came into the game and he went three and out. He came into the game, he went five plays and a punt. He came into the game and went six plays and a turnover on downs. Then he had the long drive that ended in interception. Um, because they were playing prevent defense. I, I don't know. I think there will be a moment. I don't know if it's right out of the gate or not, but I think certainly there will be a moment where they go, oh, that's the good drive. The, the problem is, is that's what Marcus would give you, right? He would give you flashes of brilliance and then completely ineptitude, complete ineptitude, and that's just I, – I don't know. Um, I, I just I, – I don't know if it's fair to evaluate Ryan Tannehill behind the offensive line. I'll just continue to say that until, I, I guess, <laughs> until we go off the air. I don't know, like – I don't think it's fair to evaluate Marcus behind that offensive line. I don't think it's fair to evaluate Derrick Henry behind that offensive line. I don't think it's fair to evaluate Ryan Tannehill behind that offensive line. And 
they're averaging five sacks a game, and if they give up another five sacks, they're not going to win, and Ryan Tannehill is going to look bad. And that's just based on what they do on average every game this year, right? Like, like right, right now, Derrick Henry, Henry's averaging like 60 yards a game over his last four, three yards a carry, and five sacks. If that happens with the offensive line, I don't know how Ryan Tannehill is expected to do anything if Marcus Cantor like, I don't think any of these quarterbacks in the NFL would be be good behind that offensive line. So, I, I don't know. I just – I think there will be moments where he fires it and it works. And we go, oh, okay, that's the difference. That's what we wanted to see out of Marcus. And then there's going to be moments when he fires it and it looks terrible. And, and you're going to go, oh, that's why Ryan Tannehill – that's why the Dolphins are paying $5 million of his salary to play for the Titans this year. Like – you know, I just think there's going to be moments of both, and, and I don't know if that's good enough to win games or not. I'll tell you, the one thing that does concern me a little bit is Melvin Gordon. His first game back two weeks ago didn't get a carry. Last week, only eight carries for 18 yards. As he starts to round into game shape, I hope that this week is not his coming out part. You see the, the full workload this week. That could be dangerous for sure. And Austin Eckler's not a bad player either. No, he's good. So, um, they, they've got a couple of nice pieces. I, I, I'm not worried about the defense. Um, the deep pa- the deep pass play and man to man coverage with Philip Rivers, how accurate he can be, you know Keenan Allen, those guys like that's the concern for me. I, I'm, I wouldn't be as concerned, except for maybe Gordon mm-hmm. catching those, those two running backs can catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Here's the thing, because uh, we can't forget this too. Um, yes, Tannehill is they're playing against a Charger team that is struggling, but also the Chargers have the fifth-ranked pass defense in the National Football League. So so I don't want people to look at this and say, oh, see, here, here we go. Tanya, he's going to get to fifth-ranked passing defense in the National Football League. And that's League. without Derwin James. Exactly, without Derwin James. So it's going to be, again, incumbent on Arthur Smith and these receivers to get open. Because when I watch the tape, yes, Marcus – isn't playing well, but the receivers got to separate when it's not off coverage too. So it's not all Marcus's fault. Just like if, 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 if Tannehill is sitting back there patting the ball, it's not all Tannehill's fault. These guys got to get open. They got to make it. And when I say open, they got to get that, that half a yard. They got to get some separation. Um, where, where these quarterbacks can throw the ball and feel comfortable with throwing the ball. You got to make the tight, the tight throws and then you got to make the tough catches and they're going against the fifth ranked pass defense in the national football league so we're going to see if these receivers can indeed do that 615-737-1025 the number you can always tweet the show follow us on twitter at 1025 underscore md we will come back talk to our buddy teron davenport all things titans from espn.com TD, coming up next on Morning Drive. Before we do that, guys, I want to remind you about Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. This is the time of year as the weather starts to cool down before it gets too cold that you need to get your home checked up, checked out, and get that diagnostic done. Because, listen, here's the bottom line. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling will come out to your house, join the Comfort Club, right? Comfort Club, it says it right there in the name, makes you more comfortable. Reduces stress, right? Anxiety. When you take care of your house, you have all these... Big, costly repairs. Well, you got to take care of that stuff. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling will come out, run a thorough diagnostic on your home, especially at this time of year, so that it prevents any of those big, major, costly mistakes, repairs, or, or, or breaks in your system when the, when the weather is cool and it's got really cold and it's starting to, to, to work overtime to keep your house warm, just like it does in the summertime with the AC. This is the time in the fall and in the spring 
That's when the Comfort Club does its job. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, they'll come check up on your house twice a year. It'll save you money in the long run, and it'll save you money on the front end by making your home more efficient. That'll save you money on your electrical bills. They've got great financing options. Check them out at springhillac.com. Proud sponsors of Smashville Live. Springhillac.com is the website. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. We're not using the other guys anymore. It is Morning Drive, live this morning. Kitchen notes inside of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you. Good to have you in here on a football Friday as we welcome in our pal Teron Davenport from ESPN and ESPN.com. TD, what's happening, pal? How are you? What's going on, man? Shout out to Marquise, man. I swear to God, he must have been in my uh, rotation yesterday morning because I definitely had Black Rob flowing. So that's a on-point selection. I appreciate that. He, co- he confiscated your iPod. There's no doubt about it. Something he knows. He knows. He knows your playlist. Are iPods a thing still, Teron? Uh, Whoa. I just use. I'm an Android guy, so you know, <laughs> it never was a thing to me. Yeah, you know, actually, you are an Android guy because when you do send me the text, I get the green box instead of the blue box. I hate the green box. It drives Nick nuts. It drives yeah. me insane, by the way. Switch to an iPhone. Come on, man. Oh, Come on, I'm going to have to text you some more then. <laughs> Come on, man. You're, 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 making that, you're making that Bristol cheddar. You can switch to the iPhone now. Come on, bro. <laughs> well, you know, Bristol provided me with a couple iPhones, so I, I, I use them. I just uh, that. Not my preference, you know. Those are, those are his burners. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, speaking yeah, of burners, using... <laughs> How do you think Arthur Smith goes about using Ryan Tannehill? Is the playbook identical this week as it would be with Marcus because of the similar skill sets? I think you could still keep everything the same. It's just going to be a message of get the ball out quickly. And that's something that Tannehill is able to do. The problem is he gets the ball out quickly and it's not always to the same team. So that's something that they're going to have to work. You can't have the turnovers, but you do have to take those risks. So I think it's going to be different from that perspective as far as the execution of the same plays. Yeah, you're right. I, I think they're. I think with Tannehill as the as the starting quarterback, um, I think it, it, it's everyone has to up their level of play now because yeah. I mean I told the guys. Listen, it starts with the quarterback, and once they make the quarterback change, if then you don't elevate your game receivers, if you don't get open, because what I've seen is they got some good receivers, but they're only getting open when it's off coverage. They're not getting open when it's Mm -hmm. tight man-to-man coverage, and they're going against the fifth-ranked passing defense in the National Football League. Titans are right behind them in that category. So it's incumbent on everyone to up their level of game because I believe if they don't, they're going to start looking for more scapegoats. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think along with that, what they're going to have to do is, and it's not something that they, they have done too often, but I, I think they have to go back to it, use more bunch uh, formation, right, and, and those mm-hmm. zero splits, and, and just create that natural separation that that formation does, right, because it, it makes the DB back up. So that's one way that they could do it and just run combo routes off of that. So that's something that they could draw up a little bit differently. Matt LaFleur used it at, at times last year, so they need to get back to that. Uh, defensively, I mean, certainly Philip Rivers is is an outstanding quarterback, a Hall of Famer, and, and knows how to get the ball to all his weapons. Melvin Gordon could be rounding into form for the first time this season. Just sort of what, what sort of challenges does this, does this team present a Tennessee Titans defense that has still largely been very, very good? 
Well, you talk about on the other side, guys that have struggled to get open for their team. Man, that darn Keenan Allen, he's a route surgeon. And when you combine that with the anticipation that Phillip Rivers throws with, that's that's a tough, tough guy to, to defend. So I think they'll be definitely tested that way. You have Hunter Henry, who they like to run those seam routes and different uh, things like that to give him an opportunity to make plays. So I, I think like with Phillip Rivers, the biggest test is you have to be on point at all times because he's the exact opposite of scary. Like that dude has – he has big ones. He's going to make sure that, you know, that ball is coming out and his guys are going to get chances to make plays. TD, the Chargers pass rush has not been that great this year, but we could also say the same thing about the Broncos and the Bills the last two weeks. Then they play the Titans and they look like world beaters. Uh, I'm not sure of the status for Melvin Ingram, but obviously Bosa is a force to be reckoned with. Do you think Arthur Smith this week uh, goes more max protect? I mean, what does he do to give Tannehill the best chance to succeed, surely from an upfront standpoint? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's – wow. Uh, I, yeah, they could do more max protection. I, I think, uh, you know, you want to run the ball. Like me personally, I, I would run the ball at Bosa to soften him up some, right, and then work that play action to get you max protection. But the only problem is when you go to play action – there's a, a few less guys in the routes, and we talked about these guys struggling to get open. So it's a gift and a curse. But, I mean, with Bosa, man, that long-arm stab that he has, where he just, like, that, that that's a hard move for offensive lineman to, uh, to go against. So I like the matchup in favor of the Chargers, to be honest with you, and it's, they're just going to have to have to do the best that they can. I think they're going to need to, uh, you know, throw at, at Bosa and Ingram. And when I say throw, I mean cut block. They're going to have to do that as well because those guys, man, they, they bring it 24-7. So it's going to be a big-time test for Luan and Conklin. Now, uh, TD, um, can you see them, if this offensive line doesn't um, perform um, in this game, and, you know, obviously they've already made the change at quarterback, can you see them uh, because, I mean, the Chargers, yes, they have a good defense, but they hadn't been good to the quarterback um, like we thought they would considering the players that they have. If, again, this team gives up another six, seven sacks, can you see potentially this would be the straw that broke the camel's back and the offensive line coach is gone after this game? Yeah, I – I, I think I think they're going to have to do something along those lines. I, I am not one of the, the folks that feel Keith Carter is is doing a bad job, right? Mm-hmm. And he's executing the drills as far as like you know installing them and, and having them be relevant to the game. But there's just there's something that's not going. And I asked Mike Vrabel this very question: What is it that's keeping the drills, the game-relevant drills that they're doing from going to the practice field to the game. And it's it's not happening. And I, I think they might have to make that move, not to say that Keith Carter deserves it, but I think that might have to be done because you made the move. You know, the whole thing is, okay, Mariota's holding the ball almost three seconds uh, per, per pass attempt, and that's a long time to be holding the ball. That's ninth most in the NFL. 
So you made the move, you switched to a quarterback who is a more decisive quarterback and will get the ball out of his hands quicker in hopes of reducing the sack totals. And if it's still there, then, yeah, the next thing that you have to do is go to the offensive line. So I, I could see that happening and maybe even Dennis Kelly being rotated in at, at one of the guard spots or if it's trouble from the right tackle spot, it, it could be that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I like hearing that because I'd like to see them change up the – the personnel. I don't know if Keith Carter's the problem, but he's certainly not the solution right now. That's that's for sure. Um, Teron, let me let me ask you just sort of a if if the Chiefs and John Robinson were to talk, and and Patrick Mahomes is out for actually six or seven or eight weeks, it's a longer no, injury than no. than we think. Do you trade? Do you offer them Marcus for a, for a, for a draft pick? No, I, I don't. I mean, I think if they were to trade him, they would be completely throwing in the towel. Um, I, I just, I, and I don't see Kansas City offering a draft pick that's significant enough to give up Marcus for. And the other thing you got to look at the compensatory pick formula. I, I would imagine they will probably come in with around a third round pick for Mariota. You, you know what I mean? A compensatory pick. So that right there is is you're getting compensation when when he walks td good stuff as always buddy we appreciate the time and we will talk to you on sunday at nissan stadium no problem and just a heads up for everyone listening talking with td is available on spotify and itunes do me you and everyone a huge favor and subscribe to that smash that subscribe button baby smash it smash it good stuff td we appreciate it Appreciate you. All right. You got it. Teron Davenport, of course. You can hear him and Chase McCabe every Friday from 6 to 8 here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And, uh, you know, I think eventually TD will probably make that transition from Droid to iPhone. Well, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. He would do like Brable did, finally, make the transition. We, we shamed a friend of ours to switching because, like, we were all on we, – we shamed him. Eventually, after two years, he was like, guys, I'm, I'm into the blue text messages. Oh, and by the way, you know how you can leave a chain text message when it's all iPhone users? Uh-huh. You can click leave conversation, which I do from time to time with you fellas. Yeah, it's really one of the most annoying things you do. I, yeah. I, I you know, oh, I, it's, it drives me it's insane. It's fun because you'll be like, we're in the middle of a conversation, and you'll just be, you'll just like leave, and we'll be like, well, now what the hell are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. We were talking to you. You can't <laughs> you do it. You can't do that if you're an iPhone user when somebody starts a chain with a Droid. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm switching to Droid just so that you can't leave the conversation. My now. in-laws started one yesterday with 13 people on it. <laughs> oh, my God. And I couldn't get out. Yeah, but you, yes. can, delete, you can delete it, though. I, yes. I, 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 it. I wanted to throw my phone in the Cumberland. Yeah. Oh, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. Right. Don't worry about They're it. They're wonderful people, your in-laws. Somebody wanted – I think um, yesterday, I forgot which one of you spoke ill will about Joe Flacco. And a friend, of mine, a friend of mine was listening who's an avid Bronco um, fan. And she said, the next time, you know, whoever talks bad about the Broncos or Joe Flacco, push them out of their seat. So here's the deal. I got to do her a favor. And one of y'all say, so I got to push you. Here's I got to push out of the seat. Here's the deal. We, we love criticism. We love feedback. Uh-huh. And if you disagree with something we say and you want Derek to physically harm us, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem with that. But then you best remember who said it. It's not that hard. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. So, so y'all got different pants. So, so you can't just you can't just like, <laughs> like you can't just text D Mace and say, "Hey, whoever said I don't like Joe Flacco?" You have to say Brayden uh, or Nick. 
said oh, this. Oh, man. Mm, it's almost know, delicious. I think it was Derek McFarlane. I think Derek McFarlane said it. Derek, yeah, Derek, Derek McFarlane. McFarlane. Derek McFarlane. Oh, Darren Mason. Derek. Good morning, Steve. <laughs> oh, man. Morning, Steve. <laughs> All right, we will come back, react to a couple of things that Tehran had to say, and then our pal Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will join us at the top of the hour. We're back after this here on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive. ESPN 102.5, the game. If Tannehill goes down early on Sunday, we'll just put Sturgill Simpson under center. <laughs> could, be, could be a good option. I wouldn't put it past him. So, country strong. So it's, it's great when you have listeners that kind of interact with you in the show. <laughs> of course. Through, through the day. We love that. And so Unless they're on Twitter saying mine, mean things. Yeah. No, but she loves the show. Uh, a not, friend of mine says, not me. when I was trying to, she's like, yes, it's Brayton. <laughs> I don't remember says, saying anything negative about Joe No, Flacco. you said, you just said something, about, you said elite something um, yesterday. Oh, you did so, say So I was yeah. mocking the Joe yeah, Flacco is elite conversation. Well, that yes. was today as well. Yeah, exactly. I did elite. I can Absolutely. Do, I'll do it again today. Joe Flacco, elite. <laughs> so she says, because <laughs> she, she kind of mixed it through it, but she says, he's probably the one that wears his bathing suit to work, too. No, nope, that's no, Nick. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I had I it have, on yesterday. Exactly. I have on, I've got on some sweet Adidas yeah, and, some, and, uh, cords. and some cords. I'm, I'm looking good today, man. I woke up. Uh, my pants fit me correctly. I woke up at 2:45 <laughs> yesterday uh-huh. for my my nap. Yeah, which was gorgeous. I had drool all over my face. Yeah. I didn't know where I was. Can you have a gorgeous nap? I, it's a great nap. Oh, I, I haven't had one of those in so long. Me Wo- either. I woke up. God, I wish you could have one of those before the girls got off the bus. I said, uh-huh. "You know what? I got to put some pants on." Uh-huh. I didn't have any pants on. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> can't go to the bus stop I, without I pants. Think, I think you should. I think you should stand at the bus stop in a polo, in an Alabama polo, and no pants, <laughs> yelling "Roll Tide." <laughs> Hey girls, roll tide. <laughs> now the laundry, the laundry was done, but you did. But chose. I still opted oh. bathing suit. Why? Ah. Simply comfort. Okay. Yeah. Are they are they built for comfort or for speed? I don't know what they're built for, but okay. I feel damn good in them because he's cut the lining out too. You remember that? So it was a nice breeze. <laughs> Not Drew Brees. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, Let's man. get back to the phone. Seven. If, I, if I just said words, could you put a a sports athlete name to it. If yeah. I just said like any, like I just said any phrase. Yeah, let's do that later in the show this this morning. <laughs> we got to add a little positivity, right? I mean, how, yeah. how much how much longer can we hammer the Titans P- for? Potato, you know. <laughs> if John Robinson doesn't care, why tree? <laughs> bench. Um, oh, Larry seven Rob. tree. He's a good he's a good player for Missouri. Not not Johnny Bench. Seven three seven one zero two five. Keith is checking in to talk Titans. Keith, you're on morning drive. Keith, you go ahead. Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the main difference I've seen between Marcus and Tannehill is that Marcus seems to watch the rush where Tannehill keeps his eyes downfield. Uh, and he kind of feels the rush. I think that'll be a big advantage, but now, you know, he's, as you well know, he's, he's injury prone. And, you know, I've got that crazy take that Logan Woodside is going to be our future. <laughs> anyway, I'll hang up and listen. Uh, uh, hey, Keith, I love that you're going to stick with it, dude. Yeah, Don't do, be, go, go, down, go down on the Logan Woodside ship. You got to be committed. Just, if you're going to say it, you're going to throw it out there, you got to be committed he, to it. He makes good points, though, about the two comparisons. How many times do we talk about how their, their skill sets are similar, right, mm-hmm. Tannehill and Mariota? It's not just that, you know. We knock Mariota for being injury prone. Ryan Tannehill is more injury prone. Yeah. We, we we knock Marcus for for sort of being too hesitant. Well, Tannehill turns the ball over too much. So like, 
that the sacks were there last week for both of them equally. I, I just, again, I don't think it's fair to evaluate either quarterback, honestly, behind that offensive line. And if, if the offensive line somehow magically comes together, Nate Davis turns into a really good right guard because he's developing and has more experience. Taylor Lewan is sort of ironing out the mistakes of only having played two games, and the offensive line actually gets better, then I think you could say, all right, Ryan Tannehill, I think there's a chance for you to make some plays. But I, I I just don't think there's a whole lot there there if the offensive line doesn't show improvement. Yeah, if they don't. It, 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 and the disappointing part about it is that you have a bunch of guys, with the exception of Nate Davis, with a bunch of starts in this league, and That's they're so not playing. You know, they're not playing up to the level that we thought they would play. Um, now, looking back at that Denver game, there were op- there were chances for Marcus to throw the ball with a clean pocket, and it just didn't happen. Um, but I think, it, you know, Nate Davis, for instance, I think Big Raj, for one, Big Raj, I think he's this season has been a disappointment, and maybe he comes back like uh, Malcolm Butler did and have a better second half than he did the first half. That could, you know, that could have happened. Um, but right now he's been a huge disappointment based upon what they thought they were getting, what they paid. I think um, Davis, he's a guy that's learning. And th- no way, no how can anybody sit here and say, this guy is just trashed. He's not going to develop into anything. This is only his third start. You know, he missed a bulk of training camp. You know, I think he, what, he missed a lot of training camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as a third-round pick, I don't think anybody was expecting him to come in and be Larry Allen from day exactly. one. Exactly. So this guy has to learn how to be a guard in this league. You know, he's going to take his lumps. He's going to get bored over like he did this past game. He's going to get beat on quick moves. But I think that eventually, as, as he play more downs, he will get much better. There's a reason why they drafted him in the third round. Not because they thought he would come in and be day one, you know, the best guard in the business. But they thought that eventually he would learn and become mm-hmm. one of these staples in their offensive line. So I'm just not going to throw, you know, uh, you know, Davis out, Nate Davis out because he's playing not well. I think he will learn how to play in this league. But it's just unfortunate because as he's learning, the quarterback's getting hit. Let's give something away, shall we? Let's hook up the people right now with a four-pack, a family four-pack of tickets to see the MTSU Blue Raiders football team take on FIU at Floyd Stadium on Saturday, October the 26th. So that is next Saturday, October the 26th. If you want a family four-pack of tickets for MTSU and FIU, simply be caller 5 right now, 615-737-1025, We will come back and kick off Hour 3 of the show. Our buddy Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He gave out four. Four winners last week out of his five selections here on this very program. For you that are mathematically challenged at home, that's 80%. That's pretty ridiculous. We'll see if he can do it again next on Morning Drive.